Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtic stuff live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm Justin, he's John, and we had a game. Yeah, baby. And it is a preseason game. Real quick, John, it's going to be a quick hitter. Okay? Be ready to answer quickly. It's going to be quick. Hitting. What, What is the single thing that stood out the most to you in that game? Go. Jason Tatum's shot selection. Okay. I want to say Hayward's aggressiveness to the basket and the lack of anybody else's. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, That's a wrap. Give us a five-star review. And... Sweet. <laughs> Reminder, Sorry, you friends. can follow us. Celtics Stuff Live. All right. So, no, talk about. What did you did you like the shot selection or did you not like I love shots? I Jason? was uh, I was I was aroused at his shot selection. Um, it was it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, not like that. We've had no. some terrible shows lately. Look, I swear to God, but that one, put... <laughs> that's great. I'm putting my yeah. glasses on. You on better this put one. something on. Um, <laughs> put some put the mood mood music on here. Hello. Uh, no, listen. It, he was great. He he was after look a year ago. This team was all talk, no action. Right? We're gonna be this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna win everything. We're the best. We're awesome. We're the, okay. The one, the single most important player for this. Boston Celtics team now and in the future is Jason Tatum. The most important thing is Jason Tatum getting that arc and trying to become the player that we all hope he can be. And if he doesn't figure out how to how to score the ball, okay, never mind everything else he's got to bring to the table. But if he can't score the ball, they've got they're going to have issues. He could score, but inefficiently. What I saw at Jason Tatum was the type of shot selection, the profile, the shot profile that we need to see from Jason Tatum for him to become that highly efficient scorer that can lead this team places. There's other parts of the game he's got to work on, you know, but Brad was, was complimentary of his, of his defense. I thought his rebounding uh, is, is another area where there's some signs there as well, but shot profile is really 
so important for him. And if he can do that, coupled with your answer, this Celtics offense looks completely different in 2020 than it did in 2019. Yeah, I was really just very happy to see Hayward's aggressiveness more because he was able to finish around the rim. I mean, there were some times when he fell down, but he was just able to get that little extra half inch, whatever it was that he didn't have last year when he tried to make those moves uh, where he couldn't get the ball over the defender's hands. It just couldn't do it. And uh, several times he attacked the paint. I think one didn't go down, but it was in the cylinder and back out. Several others did go down. Um, Making that move where he's crossing over or at least hesitating to get around the corner. I mean, the defense was the defense. It was the Charlotte Hornets, but there's lots to like there. Even his um, three-point shot, like Gordon, I think, did he only take one? I'll have to look again. I I I didn't see most of the second half. I think he only took one in the first half. Oh, yeah, he must have taken a few in the second half because he's one for four. But the first one that went down was pretty smooth. And so I'm encouraged by that. You know, as we tack on some other things, that interior defense is still an issue. But one of the things that I noticed on the second chance opportunities in the first half for the Charlotte Hornets wasn't that whoever was playing center, either Williams or Cantor, wasn't necessarily always out of position. It was the secondary box out that wasn't happening in many cases. So it was whoever was coming in and crashing who didn't have the height advantage that was getting some of those putback attempts. That was a little frustrating. I think they have some work to do there. Um, and I would have expected Canner to get a little bit more rebounds too. So it's going to beg the question as the season goes on if the rebounding woes of the Boston Celtics are very much just the, the uh, strategy that they're deploying under Brad Stevens. Yeah, it could be. Although, you know, Grant ended up with nine rebounds um, in in a few in, a, in some fewer minutes. So, you know, I, I we'll see. I mean, I think that's always a problem. The one the one game sample size. Uh, but you know, when you talk about so so pro- sometimes production doesn't weigh in, but intent does. So missing shots, but taking the right shots that you can see right away. You know, that's something that you're going to see in, in, a, in a preseason. They miss them. Well, you know, so be it. At least they're in the right spot or this and that. You know, uh, I think, you know, that's what I really like there. It's what I liked about the Gordon Hayward drives the basket. I mean, I, I agree with you. And that was that was a stupendous uh, sign of a guy with burst and with confidence in his ability with, to use that burst and get something productive out of it. I don't think necessarily he was a night and day difference in terms of what his leg could do or couldn't do. Probably the strength was pretty much there, but I don't think mentally between the years, he's he not was, worried. He anymore. was, he, right. He's, he's, he is he's not worried anymore. He's a yep. player. That's it. Boom. End of story. You know? So I, I think those two pieces are crucial. I don't even think about Kemba, you know, he was facilitating. He was kind of easing his way into it. Great. No problem. Uh, you know, I think that was all good stuff. I think you're right. I mean, and a lot of the, the post-game chatter has really gone to the center position. And what the heck are the Celtics going to do? Because, you know, Time Lord did not have a great game. Uh, but, you know, I think there's some youthful exuberance that kind of goes along with that. And we saw in Summer League and with some of the comments that Brad's made, you know, over the last week to two weeks, a lot of a lot of compliments about how 
uh, Rob Williams has kind of approached uh, this summer. So let's let's kind of toss that to the side. Give and him see a few more against Orlando. Still makes yeah. sense. We talked about this earlier before the season got started that it made sense to start him. And if he's doing well and the matchup favors him and he stays out of foul trouble, you let him roll because, you know, you're only going to go so far off that bench anyway. Um, The other thing that kind of stood out was Carson Edwards. I think he's going to get playing time. No doubt. Yeah, he was. I, you know, I don't know. It's so weird. Like I've heard you hear the the comment, you know, he's a bucket, you know, about people. But that dude is a bucket. I mean, he's just he's a walking, talking, living, breathing bucket. And he can do other things. He can pressure. You know, he he plays some really good pesky defense. Uh, but yeah, that dude he has is, energy. He is coming energy. in mm-hmm. with an enormous amount of energy. That's really going to be key coming off of the bench. Um, I think it might even kind of make things a little funny with Marcus Smart and the way that they're doing this rotation to start the game, right? Because Marcus Smart on the bench and Ennis Canner on the bench, and they're the first two subs for Rob Williams and um, and uh, Jalen Brown, right? Yeah, and then Jalen yeah, subs yeah. back in early and, and kind of leads the, leads the bench a little bit with Smart out there. But if they expect to put the ball into Carson Edwards' hands, it's going to make it harder. And I guess maybe they can put Marcus, you know, at the two with Kemba and at the two with Carson Edwards, too. It's not like it's necessarily got to go that way. But it does make for kind of an interesting sub if they're going to want to put the ball in Edwards' hands. I guess, you know, Smart then focuses a little bit more on D. You know what's concerning about Smart? And maybe we can table this for in for a second, but... The, the three-point shot did not look good. And so, yeah. he, and he was, well, here's the thing I noticed on the first couple of attempts. He's turned sideways. He was not squared up to the basket. That's the part that's got me the most concerned, you know, is just getting that good foundation and being squared up with the basket. For him to get kind of sideways on it again is a little nerve-wracking for me. I, I think you could say he was the worst player in the Celtics on, on Sunday night. You know, and I, I don't mean that as an insult, but I also see a Marcus Smart, a guy who's recognizing that the first preseason game is not the one to worry about. And he's got a long season and, and he's, he made some comments uh, last week, you know, in, the, in on media day about the fact that he's got to approach things a little bit differently. He's a vet now. He's got to he's got to pick his spots maybe a little bit better. And, you know, they help me. Yeah. And so going all out. No, you know, <laughs> an 0 for 4 in 20 minutes with, uh, you know, one rebound, one assist, um, three turnovers. Eh, not great, but, you know, honestly, I, I we know what Marcus Smart can do. Um, and I, so I'm not I'm not so worried about that. I think he's I think he's actually the perfect fit next to Carson Edwards because they both can share ball ball handling duties depending upon the matchups. If they want to pick on the, whoever the point guard is, Carson's the guy to do it. But if they want to run pick and roll or create kind of more um, more of a flow to the offense, you know, Marcus can certainly handle the ball and find guys. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a great fit. You know. I wonder whether or not there's enough offense in that second unit. I, I, you know, I need to see Cantor kind of do, you know, kind of go to work a little bit better. Like you said, whether it's rebounding wise or what have you, they need, they need that consistent um, scoring punch and consistent rebounding from him to make it all worthwhile. Jalen also didn't have a great shot 
you know, I thought. I was going there. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think they started out pretty well, and then they made that that adjustment. They brought in, uh, you know, Smart and and Cantor. Things kind of got unstable, and then when Jalen came in and they and they started cycling through Tatum and Hayward, wheels kind of came off the bus round and round. And uh, yeah, it wasn't. That's when I thought things started to fall apart in terms of the team, and. You know, I think then when the starters came back in, it was, um, you know, that's when you know, the Hornets went in up by 14. So I, I would personally, I, I thought that that was really an issue. I think Jalen's going to have an opportunity to eat. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I look at this team. I look at what we went through with the center position on Sunday, and I just keep looking at Jalen Brown's, you know, L spot, and I'm like, man. <laughs> Can they make this work? Can they, you know, they've got to get those weak side rebounds. They got to box out when when it goes up, you know. And he's got to be a guy who's taking a leading role in doing that. He's going to have to get more aggressive. There were moments like the first play that Jalen made or didn't make was like, oh man, there's the handle that isn't a handle. But then later on, he did some crazy things. And actually did have good ball control and was able to weave through some traffic. And that was definitely better. But at the end of the day, it's still, for Jalen, it's about picking the right spots to shoot, finding his spots on the floor. That's the part that just hasn't come yet. And I'm hoping that with more opportunity, you know, with maybe that bench, the way that they did that rotation in the first preseason game, might give him the ability to kind of develop that some more, you know, similarly to what it was like in that playoff run, you know, when, when the injuries were there to, to Hayward and, and to, uh, the guy we're not going to mention Voldemort man who shall remain nameless. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Voldemort and Voldemort and, uh, and, and Hayward being hurt opened that up for Jalen. Uh, you know, and and remember also what Jalen was doing there. A lot of that was, Picking on matchups, picking on guys like JJ Redick, you know, picking on really poor defenders uh, in Milwaukee, if picking on you know a, a Cavs team that seemingly it's had just to good decision making. Well, it what is what he had. Yeah, yeah, it is, but but he was picking on weaker opponents, right? And he he probably will have still weaker opponents that he's going up against, right? But I don't know that. I don't know if he can get that consistently. You know, I don't know that over, you know, is he a guy who could be an 18-point game scorer? You know, an average six boards and, and three assists. Can he be that guy? I don't know. I don't know if he can get there. I don't know, you know, if, if maybe inefficiently, but can he efficiently get to 18, six, and three? That's what I wonder. If he can, then this team can go a lot further than I thought. Um, he's just... He's he's a he's a really good player. I like having him here. He's a solid citizen. I wouldn't be maxing him out, uh, but you know he's going to have to take his opportunities. And and if he's going to get those second unit bench uh, units, kind of with him as the guy, he's going to have to be a monster against those second units and and destroy them with his whether it's it's back to the basket kind of post up stuff from you know 8 10 feet on the on the on the wing or whether it's you know driving to the basket and penetrating 
you know, or, or his, his stand up standstill uh, catch, catch and shoot jumpers. He's going to have to improve that because last year he kind of fell off a little bit in the three point land and he's going to need that. He's going to have to make hay or in those units. So that way, when, you know, when he's cycled back out, you know, there's more flow uh, because again, you're going to go, if you don't break up Tatum and Hayward in terms of that first unit and kind of work them with Jalen, um, Jalen's the guy. Um, I think, I'd prefer to have one of Hayward or Tatum on the floor with Jalen at all times, but that's, you know, that's, I'm, I'm not sure they're there yet um, because I want more Grant Williams because Grant Williams was. All right. We'll get there. Hell. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Follow Celtic stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live, as well as your host at CSL underscore Justin. That's me at CSL underscore Duke. That's him. The entire CLNS media network at CLNS media, facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS media in your app marketplace, youtube.com slash CLNS media. It's back with high definition, full length locker room interviews and the garden report. And guess what? The football season is in full swing. So get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild proposition bets. Who will be the first head coach to get canned? Will the Dolphins win a game? Will the Redskins win a game? Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. By the way, the first head coach to get canned, that happened. It was the Redskins, Gruden. Head over to our website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So, John, we can talk about Grant Williams, but I think we close it out on Grant. The one thing I will say is I liked that Kemba was a pretty unselfish off the ball kind of player like we wanted to hopefully see with him and uh, resurrecting a little bit of that Isaiah Thomas style offense. We definitely saw that uh, in the first half of that game. I thought the ball movement was good. It wasn't crisp, but the ball movement was moving. They were sharing. They looked a lot like the pre Voldemort era. And so I was enjoying that greatly. It seemed like everybody was getting their opportunity to find a mismatch. You know, the ball wasn't getting stuck. I do think that they settled for more outside shots than I would like, but that's definitely something that Brad coaches. So it's hard to, it's hard to criticize it because I don't like it. If they're doing what they're expected to be doing, that's kind of where, you know, I struggle a little bit with that. So, at the end of the day, two players, Kemba and Terry Rozier, pseudo traded for each other. I think the part that I liked about Terry's game was the nine assists. Oh yeah, I mean he, if that Terry Rozier, you know, was here in Boston last year, who knows what might have happened? <laughs> Up to and including trading Voldemort in in February. I mean, there is there's a lot of things that could have happened differently if if that Terry Rozier was the Terry Rozier uh, throughout last season. Uh, that and that even... Terry Rozier is going to tell you that that Terry Rozier was in the postseason the year before and going to be very upset about the fact that he didn't get playing time. 
because of Voldemort's return last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, you know, I, I like Terry. I think he's a good dude. Uh, I think it was a bad, bad situation for him last year. I think he played it very poorly. <laughs> uh, he had a lot of opportunity, but you know what? He still ended up making, you know, 20 million a year over three years almost. And, and he's going to go, you know, and he's going to be the man somewhere. And that's, that's pretty great for him, you know, and when he you know, had the highest have... plus minus of anybody in that game. Sure. And, and he's, you know, we're going to, people say, oh, he got so much money in three years, you know, what's going to happen. We're going to 19 million. Is not going to be 19 million? I mean, this happens all the time. You know, when, when Evan Turner got his big money, we're like, oh my God, he got 17 million a year. What the heck? He's not worth 17 million a year now or then, but it wasn't nearly as crazy once he got two or three years into it because there's other people who are making, you know, ridiculous amounts of money. That's just the way it goes. So, you know, I'm over that. I just, I wish him well. I want, I'm rooting for him kind of weirdly. I don't think, you know, I I just, I'm over whatever impact he had on that team last year. It's a new team, new page. We're moving ahead. Um, But I sure wish that guy was playing that way for the Celtics last year. And it just didn't happen. So good for him. Uh, Hard to but... play that way on spot minutes though. I mean, you do have to sure. kind of sure. please players, you know, they, it's a rhythm game and the more time they get, the easier it is to be in rhythm. And that's the criticism for having so many wings on this team. There's only so many opportunities, you know, and you need your role players. And so where's your blue chippers? How do you build around them? And you've seen it with other teams in the past. They'll take that third or fourth player who probably deserves more minutes and they'll spit them out for some veterans and the team winds up being better. But then down the line, everybody criticizes them for getting rid of an all-star or a future all-star. And uh, teams have have done it over and over and over in time. I'm sure there's always some salary cap elements to that, too. But that could be one of the same scenarios. You know, Jalen Brown could be next year's Terry Rozier. I I really don't want to think of that. And I don't think it – I think we already saw Jalen – I don't mean from the negativity. Sorry, let me back up. I don't mean from the negativity piece. I mean from the – like, I think Terry's going to thrive in Charlotte. I think oh, he's going to earn that yeah, contract yeah. just yeah. fine. And and Jalen may find him on the outs of rotation minutes, and they wind up doing a, an addition by subtraction to bring in, you know, a little more bench depth, mm-hmm. you know, by trading away a young and promising player. And both of those guys could easily, and again, I, I don't want to overplay Rozier here, you know, and we all know some of the, the young players always have some deficiencies, but those two guys could easily become all-stars, you know, for other teams if given the opportunity to become a focal point of the offense over time. I mean, there is a major factor in growth and development that way around an NBA player. How much op- opportunity do you get? Right. Over, oh, you know, over, you know, opportunity. What does over opportunity lead to and and taking opportunities and and, and cashing in on them, I said, I guess, you know, and, um, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, looking at, at, at it's it's tough because the Celtics have had amassed all those trade chips and ultimately never only cashed them in once. <laughs> We're not going there. Uh, and really, but really didn't really use much of their trade chips of their assets to. Um, 
to then go out and, and get that player. So they still have Jalen. They still have Tatum. They still have, you know, the Memphis pick. They still, I mean, all so much of, of that largesse. Um, they have Romeo Langford, who is, you know, the, the, the extra player who people forget as part of that Tatum Fultz deal. Um, that, you know, Danny made a conscious effort to say, I'm not getting enough for what I'm, you know, what's, I, I'm not going to give all of these guys up for Jimmy Butler. I'm not going to give all of these guys up for, uh, for Paul George. And so now you see what that builds and is that, does that get you enough? Does it get you a lot of B minus talent or B plus talent, but no A's, you know, and knowing the A's are the ones that really lead you to the promised land. Um, you know, there's that's that second guessing, I guess, that, that people want to do. Um, I don't think we've seen the end of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum's or, or anywhere near the end of where they are as players or in their development. But clearly steps have to be made and not just small steps, but substantial steps for both guys for this team to go to that next level. And it's and it's there for them. You know, in a way, they're kind of in that same spot that the Golden State Warriors were in 14, where, you know, things were kind of weird and who's going to shake out and there were injuries and there were reasons why it didn't click. And then all of a sudden, boom, everything hit the way it needed to. Now, I'm not saying we've got Clay and Steph and Draymond on this team, but you have talent here. And if it clicks, things could be very combustible. All right, yeah, but then there's a big gap from Sunday's game to Friday's game. So I guess the biggest thing is just figuring out, or we'll be able to see what kind of adjustments they make. After getting one game under their belt, they'll only get a whole week of practices before they have to play another one. I'm kind of starved for some basketball, so I hope the rest of this week goes quickly. But one thing you wanted to talk about was Grant Williams and how much fun he is. So... Is he going to be your new pet project? Is he your new guy? No, I, I no, I think I'll let other people fall in love there. Uh, I, I mean, I like Grant Williams a lot. I think he's going to be. I think people are just going to love. It's it's going to be the real sickos, the people who are watching every games like you and I and the people listening, who are going to really love Grant Williams. Who are going to appreciate him. He's not going to be on Sports Center. He's not going to be. You know, someone who who's going to get, you know, a lot of attention. But I think he's going to be somebody who's going to make this thing tick. I mean, a plus 14, an exhibition game, what does that mean? But he was he was he was a plus minus monster in, in summer league, too. He's just a guy who leads to winning. He makes winning plays. Nine rebounds in 18 minutes. You know, when's the last time the Suggs had nine rebounds from a player in 18 minutes? I can't even tell you. You know, uh, you know, but but it's it's more than that. It's him being in the right spot defensively. And I think it may not be there necessarily in the start because he's trying to learn everybody and learn his teammates and their tendencies and what they're doing. But I, I bet, you know, second half of the year, he's going to be probably one of the team's better defenders just from a positional standpoint, because that's really what's what's missing in that back line is someone who's going to step in. Somebody who's going to who's going to who's going to be able to slide in or to, to rotate over to take away those those uh, those situations. And he is that guy who clearly is a step ahead of everybody. Brilliant guy. And I, I think it's really going to work out well for him here. Um, the need is there. And if Sem- if Shemi Ojale struggles, he missed shots. And that's not what it's all about. But, uh, you know, three boards, that's nice. Uh, that's good. 
But Shemi's got to he's got to do more because as we talked about last time, I think Grant the better Grant does, the more it's going to take from Shemi's minutes. Well, it's just a more natural fit too with the whole. They're both strong players, but Grant's been a strong player at the position or even a position under the position that we need him to play at center. And so, you know, just style of play, I think, suits him. So to your point, kind of fits him really well. He is a a very fun guy. He is a very intelligent guy. Um, We're going to see him get burned a little bit this year, but hopefully he'll make up for it in other areas. You know, I don't want to compare him to Jared Sullinger by any means, but um, I do think he has a ceiling that's going to prevent him from being a long-term NBA starter. But I think he could be a very solid big off the bench that's willing to do the things that need to be done to win. And so when you talk about them not having those veteran players, those role guys that are going to come in, you are kind of getting that in this rookie here. And I think that he's going to be a big piece of, you know, whatever happens this season, kind of similar to Carson Edwards. I mean, I can see those two guys the big rookies. Langford doesn't get any playing time in game one. He's listed as illness. Neither does Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice could figure in for some minutes, depending on, you know, if he gets off to a kind of a hot start or opportunity presents itself to him. But I think that's going to do it. We got to, we got, I got something for the outtakes though. I got something for the outtakes. So this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtics Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. All right, so we got to talk about Taco. Why are you doing that? Why you got to be like that? Don't I be think, like that. I don't know. There's a slight over-exuberance for Taco Fall. Sure. Sure, I agree with that. That's annoying. You know, it's just a little, yeah, it's just a little much, you know. Like, who was the player you said last week? that? Oh, Ennis Canner bugs you. That was oh, our yeah. outtakes last week. Ennis Canner bugs you because you think he's all about himself, right? Sure. But, you know, him Self- and Taco are, are all buddying up and they're buddies. But I don't think, I don't think Taco falls out about uh, all about himself or anything. But I think that the hype around him is sort of manufactured in a similar way, you know, to, to an extent, you know, he's a big, tall player, you know, could be a great prospect. If he makes the team, it's because I think, you know, there are some other spots that just couldn't be filled, but he's a super project in my opinion. And, um, you know, there were some reports out there that he wouldn't accept a two way deal. And that's really the only way I see him sticking on the club. So I think he could be, you know, a casualty at the end of, of training camp for that reason. I don't I don't know that he gets a two I don't know that he gets one of the open spots for the parent club and I think he might try to move on if they try to do the two way two way deal. Yeah, I, I mean I think with the way Javante Green played on on Sunday it would be difficult to not give him the last the fifteenth spot. Uh, but Max Struess 
buddy, I don't know what's happening, man. Because as a two-way, um, it's uh, it's not looking good, friend. Uh, he's got, you know, he, he he was one of the last guys off the bench. Um, only only Vince Poirier, Vincent Poirier play, played less. And I think Struce, I, I think Struce gets cut. I don't think he sticks around. And I think Taco gets the two-way. I, I know that the the engine is kind of muscling and being like, oh, you know, but he need you know Taco needs to be in a development situation. He cannot just sit. He can't sit on the bench and just wait. He's got to play wherever he is. He's got to and. and and that's got to happen probably in Portland. You know, it's it's not going to happen in, in Boston. So he's got to be on a two-way, and hopefully he gets enough playing time, but also enough nurturing from the Boston, you know, the Celtics organization to be able to benefit him in the long run. But uh, that that would be my goal. I mean, would hope that that they uh, they sign Green and then they 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 cut Struess and let Taco take that uh, that second uh, two-way two-way contract. That'd be my hope, at least. Yeah, Green played great though, right? Amazing. I mean, really, yeah. crazy bounce, crazy bounce. That guy is crazy athletic, but but also played well. I mean, made a three. You know, I mean, four rebounds in ten minutes, fifteen points, seven for seven. I mean, that's not going to happen all the time, but but he was he looked really good out there. He looked really good. So you know, he's old, he's an older player too, so he should yep. look good. And, 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 yep. And what they need is another wing. Yeah, I mean, but you know, one one trade happens, and then before you know it, he's he's there. I mean, that's if if you have uh, you know Romeo Langford who's who's hurt. I mean, there aren't really many legitimate wing players, wing size guys outside of Romeo. Um, after those starters, like it's it be, it goes to like Grant Williams, Shemi Ojale, Marcus Smart. Uh, so, you know, in the bottom of the roster, there's not really many people who are that kind of size other than Romeo. So I, I, I'd like, I'm to me, while I think the team needs shooting and Struess could apparently do that. I think taco is a better fit. I think I really would like to see what they can do with him. And he played well, he played really well in that second, in that uh, fourth quarter, you know, until, you know, until things got a little switchy and they had to pull him out. But I think there's a role for a guy like taco fall. I switchy. really do. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if he'll accept a two-way deal. He's got to be a two-way player. That's that that we can agree on. Yeah, I think so. I don't think they use a fifteenth roster spot on him. It just it doesn't make any sense. He wouldn't play enough in Portland, and you know I think it's it's best for his development probably. So yeah, I'm with you. But but the, yeah, the history is dumb. I, I you know there's people who are out here out there to just cheer on the taco fall thing, and I think that's it's what just because he's big to. and he has a great name. He's tall with a big name yeah. with a great name. That's what it really comes down to. It. But if you take that aside, he's a good dude who. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. like that. Not stuff, disparaging I, him. No. Yeah. No. Good I know you're not. Guy, yeah. Good fun. I get it. I just think people are a little over over the top. Right, there's an element out there that's making it the sideshow, but I think as as basketball fans, as Celtics fans, I think there's a lot of people who really just want to root the guy on, hope he does well, you know, and and, and just stays in that lane. The people who want to be in the taco costumes at the games, uh, that that's oh, something. Even different. just the I called it clan, right? Yeah. Oh, I said he yeah. was going to be awesome. Oh, good for you. You picked yeah. a guy who's seven foot seven and took a shot at it. <laughs> you know, come on. All right. I know. That's it. If you're if you're still listening, 
You're welcome. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>